You are listening to the Purpose Church High School Ministry Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've heard them all, God has something to say to you. Our vision is to see every student everywhere following Jesus, and we hope this message helps you take your next step in your faith. To learn more about our high school ministry, visit our website, purposechurch.com HSM, and check us out on Instagram at purposehsm. We hope you enjoy today's episode. guys. Um, I have been interning here for the summer, and I've gotten to meet with Eric a few different times, and every time he just tells me how this is the best youth group around. And so throughout the summer, I've been praying, and I have been thinking about you guys, and then now I get to be here, and so I'm really, really thankful. So if you would just join me in prayer. God, I just, I thank you so much for this time. I thank you that we get to learn more about you and that we get to um, spend this time together. So bless this time and help us to learn and help us to grow. We love you. Amen. So it is my first day of my study abroad program, and I am in Italy. And I'm excited, and it's, it's Italy. So my professor comes down, and he says, all right, class. Today, we're going to take our charcoal pencils, and we're going to take our pieces of paper, and you're going to go out into the city, and you're going to just draw, and you're going to draw and draw and draw, and then when you come back, we're going to put them up on the wall, and we're going to critique them, and we're going to look at them, and we're going to celebrate them. So I hear that, and my heart stops, because something to know about me is that I am not an artist. I am not an art major. I'm not an art minor. So I hear that and I think, I don't remember the last time that I even picked up a pencil, let alone drew something. So I think, all right, it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. We're going to go out. I'm just going to draw a tree or something, and then we'll put it on the wall, and they'll appreciate my artistic skills. So we're walking out. And one by one, um, I see my classmates stopping, and they're finding their place that they're going to draw for the day. And I just decide, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep walking, and hopefully I'll find something that really speaks to me, and hopefully I'll be able to draw that somewhat well. So finally I come across, and I see this wall. And I think, how hard could a wall be to draw? So I'm sitting there, and I'm drawing this wall, and I'm smudging, and I'm erasing, and I'm smudging, and I'm erasing, and I'm looking up. And then all of a sudden, at the corner of my eye, I see this guy. And he's probably around 60 years old. So he's walking up towards me, and he looks at me, and he looks at my drawing, and he looks at the wall, 
And then he looks at me again, and you can see he's trying to figure out who is this chick and why is she drawing. And so I'm just sitting there trying to say, no, 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 I'm not an artist. I'm not, I'm not an artist, and he doesn't speak any English, and so I'm trying to say in Italian, even though I don't know Italian. And so it's just building, and you can just tell he's looking at it, and he's looking at the wall, and I just think, well, I, I'm just going to continue to draw. It's my, my assignment for the day. So he decides he's just going to stand there, and he's just going to watch me draw. So I go back to it, and I'm drawing, and I'm smudging, and I'm erasing, and then all of a sudden someone else walks up, and they start just speaking full Italian as fast as they can. And I'm saying, no, 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 like, I, it's my first day here. I, I don't know any Italian. I'm not an artist. I, um, they just stand there. And one by one, people just start to gather. And so we have another person come up and another person come up. And now I'm sitting there. I'm in the middle of this busy street, and there is this huge crowd around me. And I'm thinking, what have I gotten myself into? And so I'm standing there, and, and the more people that come, the more I'm getting nervous. And I can feel my heart start to patter. I can feel and I'm starting to sweat. And I'm like, oh, gosh, this is so bad. And I'm thinking, I don't even know if I'm allowed to be here. So time's passing, and I'm getting more and more anxious. And the more anxious I get, the more I realize I am so not cut out to be here. I am not an artist. I don't know why I picked to be here, even on this program. I'm going to be here for five months. And I'm starting to get nervous. And I start looking at my drawing, and it's horrible. And I realize I just need to get out of here. I just need to get out of here because I'm getting anxious and nervous and insecure. And I realize I just need to leave. I need to get back to my room. I just need to take a breath and then I can go back out. But right now, I feel like I can't do this. And so I put all my stuff in my backpack and I start walking down the main road. And all of a sudden, I can, pick my, I can tell that I pick up my pace a little bit. So I start to jog. So all of a sudden, this jog turns into a run. So it's this random girl with a backpack on running as fast as she possibly can. Probably, people probably thought that they were running from something. So I'm running, and I'm running, and I'm sweating, and my heart's pounding. And the, every step I take, I realize, what am I doing here? And so I'm running, and I see the gate. And I just need to make it inside the gate. So I'm running, and I see the gate. And as I step, I trip and fall, and all my stuff goes flying. Now I start tearing up. I'm probably overreacting to it all, but it's so nerve-wracking. And I pick up all of my stuff, and I'm grabbing it, and I have scrapes on my knees, and I see the door. I just need to make it inside. And so I open the door, and it's my worst nightmare because my entire class is sitting there, and they're putting up their art, and they're looking at it, and I show up a complete mess. If I didn't think I was supposed to be there before, I definitely did now, because I'm holding all of my stuff. I have charcoal all over my body. I have these huge pit stains, and I'm just trying to figure out, okay, what am I doing? And so I'm standing there, and I'm thinking, okay, either I go upstairs and I lock myself in this room, or I just take whatever comes to me. If that's humiliation, if that's jokes, I'm the new girl. So I'm standing there, and I'm holding my mess, and all of a sudden, a girl out of the corner says, oh, girl, we have all been there. And then someone else says, oh, you should have seen the first time I went out and drew something for the first time. And went, went on and on, and we shared about our days. And someone said, did you see the group of people that would just surround you and how uncomfortable that was? And I was sitting there, 
And all of a sudden, we're sitting in the mess of my day, and I realize they're in it with me, that I showed up a complete and utter mess, and they were there with me in it. And I don't know about you or if you've ever been to a place in your life where you were a complete mess. And just for a second, you thought, okay, I'm going to let that person in. I'm going to let them see my mess. And for me that day, it was terrifying and it was scary, but they got to be in the mess with me. That day, I really learned if if you really want to be in a relationship with someone, you need to bring your whole self, and that includes the messy parts of yourself. Now, Eric mentioned to you guys a few weeks ago when you started your series, Walking with Jesus, and he said to you, every single one of you, if you know it or not, were created to be in a relationship with God. You're created to be in a relationship with God, and you're also created to be in a relationship with one another. And we see this from the beginning of time. We see Adam and Eve, and God creates them, and he creates them together. He wants them to be in a relationship with each other. So today, we get to read about a young church, a young and growing church, a church similar to you guys. They're growing, and they're young, but they're this incredible model of what it looks like to be in community with one another. So we get to read it. It's in Acts 2, 42 through 47. And it says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions, shared their money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's suppers, and they shared meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So there's so much in this passage, and there's so much that we can learn from this passage. And a new study Bible broke it up in a few specific ways, so we're going to go through those. So it starts off and it shows that this community, it was a learning community. They devoted themselves to teaching. It goes on, it says it was a relational community. They devoted themselves to the fellowship of being with one another, sharing meals, worshiping together. And it was a praying community. It goes on, it says it was a reverent community, which reverent means they were in awe and respect of one another. It was a working community. It mentions how the apostles performed miracles and wonders. So right now, we already have, it was learning, they were relational, they prayed together, it was reverent, they worked together. And it goes on, it shows that they shared. They were a sharing community. So we see in verse 44, it says that they shared everything that they had. I don't know what it would look like in your life, but I think, what would it look like if we shared everything we have? Not only our material things and our possessions, but ourselves and our emotions. What would it look like if we actually shared all of ourselves? 
So it goes on, it says, it was a worshiping community. They worshiped together in temples, and they prayed together, they met in homes. But the greatest thing out of all of this is that it was deeply centered in God. Every single thing that they did was deeply centered and rooted in God. It was a generous community. It was a happy community. It was a welcoming community. So there's so much here. This community is so full and so big But I don't know about you, but when I read this, I think they seem like a pretty perfect community. So they're young and they're growing, but they're they're pretty perfect. And then it starts to make me wonder if me and my messy self, the girl that fell and tripped, showed up with charcoal everywhere, would I possibly fit in to a church like that? Would I possibly fit into a community like that? Maybe you even showed up here tonight and you're looking around and you're like, "Uh, I don't know if I can fit in with them. They don't really know about me and they they look pretty perfect. They look like they have it going on. Because when I read this, I think, well, that sounds great, but it's not so easy. Because what about the people I don't get along with? I don't wanna be praying with them. And what about the people that uh, turn their back on me? I definitely don't want to be worshiping alongside of them. I think it shows that community is messy. No matter what, community is messy because there's different opinions, there's different attitudes, there's drama, there's hurt, there's pains. We have family pains, there's trust that have been broken. And at the end of the day, we think, Is there room in this beautiful church for very messy me? But the passage actually continues. And so through the chapters, we've already seen believers were in one heart, one mind. They prayed together. They fellowshiped together. They gave all that they could. So in chapter 4 explains how from time to time, landowners in the church would sell their possessions. They sell everything that they have. And they take the money, and they bring it to the apostles. And the apostles would then take the money and then bring it to people in need. So this is where the story picks up. We meet a couple. Their names are Ananias and Sapphira. And this couple is a part of that perfect church, perfect community. So in Acts 5, 1 through 5, we read, Now a man named Ananias together with his wife, Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received from the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to the human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died, and great fear seized all who had heard what had happened. 
So we meet this couple, and they're part of this church, and they bring forward the money that they had, but they didn't bring all of it. They brought it, and they gave half, and they could have said, hey, we can only bring half right now. They could have said, we're not in a place to give this, or this is all that we have to offer, but instead they come and they lie. They come and they fake what they can bring. And they didn't have to, because we see Peter say to them, didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? He didn't have to lie. He didn't have to fake it, but he chose to. They're the same people that were part of that perfect church that we saw. Friends, there's such a temptation to fake it, such a temptation to lie, to not show all your cards and to hold back pieces of who you are and to lie to the ones around you. You know, I think what would it have looked like if Ananias and Sapphira told the truth? What it would have looked like if they would have just shown up and said, this is all we have. You have to show up as you are, mess and all, and see what happens. And that is terrifying. So one of those moments for me was I was talking to a boy that I was interested in. And I don't know about you, but if in those beginning moments of a relationship, you wanna put your best foot forward. You wanna make sure you look good, you wanna make sure that your hair looks good, that you put on a great personality of the night, because you wanna show them your best side. So I was doing that, and for months we were talking, and then all of a sudden, it got more serious. And as the more serious it got, the more nervous I got. And the more nervous I got, the more scared I got. Because all of a sudden, I realize he is falling for this person. He's falling for the person that I want to show him. But he's not falling for the whole person that I am. He doesn't know about the pains and the hurts and the ways that I've hurt people and the insecurities that I have. He doesn't know about any of that. And once he sees that person, he's going to run. Because he fell for that person. He didn't fall for this person. And he's going to run. So I decided to save myself a little heartbreak. I'm just going to lay it all out there. I'm going to lay it all out there. And so he can choose to run away, and I won't get as hurt. So one day, we're sitting there, and we're talking, and all of a sudden, I start laying it out there. Like, as much as you possibly could, I went on and on and on and on, and I'm just telling him of all of the broken pieces, the messy piece, and here is all that I am, and it's so gross and disgusting, and I'm going on and on and on, and finally, I look up and I cross my arms, because I know what's coming next. I know he's about to run, because that is a whole lot to handle. So I'm standing there, and he looks at me and he's smiling. And I get furious. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I just showed you all of that and now you're smiling? You're going to make fun of that? And he looks at me and he says, Ali, you are a mess. Like You are a complete and utter mess. You have pains and you, are, you have these broken insecurities and you have hurt people and people have hurt you and you are a mess. And I'm thinking, yeah, we know that. And he 
says, Valley, I think you are falling for me and you're totally freaking out. I'm like, you, that's what you got from my mess? Okay. So I'm sitting there and I'm waiting, right? What are we? No, that's not, that's not what's going on. And he continues and he says, Bally, I'm a mess. And I am broken and I have these insecurities. And these are the things that past girls have hurt me with. And these are what my family looks like and my friends. And I am a complete and utter mess. And Allie, I am falling for you, and it is freaking me out. So I just sat there. But then he continues. He says, but Allie, we are both a mess. So we're both a mess, and we're sitting in this. So either we could walk away, or we could lean into the mess. Because I think that we are not only supposed to be in messes, but we are created to be in it together. So what if instead we didn't pretend? What if we said we, we didn't pretend that we weren't broken, that we didn't have these messes, but instead we were just honest with each other? That instead of running away, we actually faced it and we leaned in and we saw what would come out of it. I mean, I don't know how you turn your back after a speech like that, but what he said that day was so profound. Because what if we actually welcomed the messiness of our lives together? What if we actually invited each other into the mess and said, it's welcome here? What if we had grace with each other when we messed up? And what if we chose the hard instead of the easy, trusting that we, if we invited God into those relationships, that we're living directly into what we were created for? And see, today, you all have an incredible opportunity to do that. You all have an incredible opportunity to be more like the church in Acts that we read about one that is full of prayer and fellowship, and one that would worship and bring yourself to. And from what I've heard about this small group is that you can't get away from small groups. You may try, but you can't. It's part of this place, is that you cannot get away. But you can show up and you can fake it, like we saw in Ananias and Sapphira. You can fake what's going on in your life, or you can put up these huge, gigantic walls that no one is ever capable of tearing down. You can sit quietly in the corner, or you can create drama to try to cover up what's going on. But instead, I want to invite you into just making and taking one small step to make your small group a bit messier than it was before. Now, whatever that may look like for you, if that's saying, right now, I'm just comfortable to take this small step, or maybe it's, no, I need to bring all of myself, and I just need to say yes to bringing all of myself to my small group. And it says, and we read in verse 44, it said, all of the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. 
but while you're also bringing yourself. Practice being someone who can hold those things for others. Because in our passage earlier, we didn't see that the church, we didn't see the church bring all of their stuff and lay it out there and said, all right, apostles, you pick it up for me. Instead, we saw that they did everything together, that they gave to one another, but most importantly, they showed up for one another. We're here to bring our mess and bring our insecurities, bring your joys and celebrations, but bring all of it. But while you're doing that, let's pray together. Be in fellowship together. Learn together. Because we are better together. If you want real community, share everything that you have, including your mess. And you can start that tonight. You can start that here. If that's a small step or if that's all of your steps. So I now get to invite you to head to your small groups. And if you don't have a small group tonight, you can come up to the front and you can talk to Laura. But you get to start that tonight. And you get to start here. So thank you so much for having me. And I hope you have a great small group time.